Hello, fans of the beautiful game. Welcome to episode 17 of the DKB Footy Show. I am your host, David Ballatz, and I'm glad to be back to talk about another exciting week of football, which we just had. So the Champions League returned, and it did not disappoint. Match day three was a lot of fun. A lot of goals as usual, a lot of nice little storylines. And I'd like to start off with the Manchester versus Juventus match. Ronaldo's homecoming to Old Trafford since uh, the 2013 season was a decent match, not really that exciting. The biggest excitement was actually the fact that Ronaldo came back. Juve got the win 1-0 away from home. Very good win for them. They were not really comfortable, sorry, not really threatened. They were comfortable from the start to the finish of this match. They absolutely dominates, ma- dominated Manchester United. United tried their best in the second half, but all to no avail. I mean, this whole tactic of playing badly in the first half and then waiting until the second half to really take the game to the opposition is just not going to be a winning model. Nothing, No success is going to come out of that. You're going to win some and you're going to lose a lot. And in this case, they got what they definitely deserved. Juventus controlled that game. The first half could have actually ended up a lot worse than it did. I think 1-0 was actually flattering to United in that first half. Juventus really controlled that game. The second half, yeah, they came out to attack. But I mean, what other option did they have? So Juventus controlled that as well. They didn't, United didn't really create any clear-cut chances that were of note. So was a very well-deserved win for Juventus. They're in the driving seat in this group now. They've won every match, and it's just going to be a straightforward second-place race between United and Valencia. United are very fortunate that Valencia were not able to beat Young Boys. They got a 1-1 draw, so that really gives United a fighting chance in this group. United are second in the group with the win with their they have at least one win and a draw so they're going to have to fight it out with Valencia the unfortunate thing is that they have a return fixture against Valencia so Valencia still has control over that but united man they have a lot of issues Mourinho I'm really Honestly, just counting down the days until this guy is sacked, I don't really see any improvement from this team. This guy has no idea what he's doing. He, after the match, just went and complained, saying United still needed to spend more money to really compete with the top teams, making it seem that, like, Juventus... Obviously, yes, they are a level above United, but that being said... You don't just lie down and let them walk all over you in your home. Come on. Um, it was it was just poor. Before I get to that, actually, I'd like to just say a little about, about Ronaldo's game. Ronaldo had a decent game, in my opinion. He didn't get the goal, but he was highly involved in all of the gameplay, all the build-ups. He dropped deep a lot because the United defenders didn't really ga- give him a lot of space when he was in the final third. So he had to drop deep to get the ball made a lot of good runs, made a lot of nice passes, could have gotten a goal without well-struck shots, but David Gea did very well to save it. But yeah, Ronaldo had a decent game. Not his best by any stretch of the imagination, but 
he was there to really distract the defenders and give the other players a, a chance to score. In fact, the, the Juventus goal for Dybala was actually as a result of a cross from Ronaldo. So he had a decent game overall. But back to United, Mourinho, he's done. He is fucking clueless. He does not know what the hell is going on around him at all. He just seems like a dinosaur, man. I mean, complaining about players, about not having money to spend when he had 60 million pounds to spend on two defenders who he doesn't like he spent 50 million pounds on a midfielder fred who he has barely used this season spent 79 million pounds on a striker lukaku who is just looking like a lost creature spent 80 million 89 million pounds on pogba who he continuously has issues with I mean, how much more do you want to spend? What have you done with the players that you've already bought? That's the only indication we can use to know what you'll do with money if you're given more to spend in the future. And it's obvious this guy has not done anything tangible with any of the players he has signed. None of them can come out and say that they are better players still since Mourinho signed them. Maybe Lukaku to an extent because last season he got his highest goal tally in his career. But this season, man... He is lost. He just looks clueless, as clueless as the manager. I don't know what Mourinho wants, man. I mean, yeah, he should just leave. United board should just get the balls and sack this guy. He, uh, I blame him and Ed Woodward a whole lot for all the problems that are going on with United. Ed Woodward, he's a marketing genius. He's a businessman, very, very astute businessman. I cannot take that away from him. But it's obvious that this guy has no idea how to sign players. Anything about football, he has no idea. Sign a football director, a director of football who knows what he's doing. And stop trying to become Florentino Perez because what he does with Real Madrid is a completely different thing than what you can do at at United. The Premier League is different. There's way more competition. You can't afford to slack off because if you do for one season, you're out of the Champions League. And and we all know how that has been for United since Ferguson left. So, Ed Woodward, you need to step away from footballing decisions. I know the Glazers are not going to be the ones to put their foot down and tell him to stop um, meddling with the footballing decisions because he has been so good for them in terms of the business. He's the one who masterminded their um, sale, their, their, what do you call it, purchase of the club. And he's made them so much money. So they're not even going to consider the fact that they should say anything to him. He has a lot of power. But that being said, he has to be the one to realize that there's a lot of unhappiness among fans and he needs to do something about that. He needs to get rid of Mourinho, sign a caretaker manager, in my opinion, because there's no other coach that he can sign. Antonio Conte seems to be linked with Real Madrid, so that's already out of the question. Zidane is not really interested in the job, even if he was. I don't think he would be the best for the job. In my opinion, sign a caretaker manager for the rest of the season. Let's see what we can salvage. We won't make the top four. I think that's already out of the question. We might not even qualify from the group. So just start afresh. At the end of the season, hire Mauricio Pochettino. In my opinion, that's the only guy who can really 
make a change in this club. A lot of reservations are surrounding him because he hasn't really won anything significant since taking over Spurs. But let's actually take into consideration the job that he has done since he took over from Southampton, what he did with them, taking over Spurs, what he has done with them, all the players that he has developed in that squad. I mean, his track record speaks for itself, man. He just needs a bigger club that is willing to back him in the transfer market and he will deliver titles. This guy is a very good manager. Besides from that, there's nobody else. There's nobody else in the realms of possibility. Even he is going to be very difficult to pry away from Spurs. But I think he's the most realistic shot that United have in terms of managers who are going to be able to deliver an attacking style of play to the club, who are going to be able to deliver hope to fans that are losing hope every single day. Pochettino is the answer, in my opinion. There's nobody else. But Mourinho, get the hell out. He's done. He has no clue what is going on around him. He just doesn't know anything, man. He is a shadow of the coach that he used to be, and it's obvious to everybody. And this is just a marriage that is just going on because of, because it's just what is most um, comfortable, I would say, for both parties. But it's obvious that this is not going to end well. He needs to go sooner rather than later before he does weight more damage to this club that he already has done. He needs to go. But that's all I'm going to say about Man United. PSG versus Napoli, that ended 2-2. That was a very exciting match. Very, very fun to watch. Napoli brought the game to PSG. Carlo Ancelotti, man, what a what a tactical genius he is. He, there's no shock in the fact that he has won so many Champions Leagues. This is his bread and butter. He just knows how to set up teams for Champions League nights. And he did the same here. Napoli were unlucky to even get the draw. Because they were leading until Di Maria struck that wonder goal, that curler, in the 93rd minutes. Before that, PSG did create chances, but I think Napoli were more or less in control. And PSG, man, they are just not even close to being the Champions League contenders that everybody thinks or or they want to think that they are. They're not even close. You couldn't beat Liverpool, lost very deservedly to Liverpool. And now at home against Napoli, who are not the easiest, who are not the easiest opposition, but who do not have the talent that PSG has, who do not have the resources PSG has, they were not able to defeat Napoli. Come on. I mean, what is their own model as well? They also seem to be clueless, just like United are in terms of transfers. They also just like buying expensive players who seem to be marketable and they don't really have any system put in place they don't have any model that they're following there's no vision i don't see from this club i mean look at their midfield their midfield is absolutely dire it's horrible Verratti is the only player who even Verratti is not even as good as he used to be there's no real established world-class player in that midfield in my opinion they cannot just rely on that front three to be the ones to win you the Champions League when they, you're coming against opposition who have a good attack, a good midfield, a good defense, and a good keeper. PSG is just not on that level yet. They're not even close. Like They should not even be in the conversation for winning the Champions League. There's a really good chance that they're even going to get 
third place in this group and go down to Europa League. And that would be absolutely hilarious if that happens. If Neymar and Mbappe have to be playing Europa League football, well, at least maybe they have a good chance of winning that. But yeah, Thomas Tuchel, man, he has a huge job on his hands. And I don't really want to put too much blame on him because other managers in the past have had the same issues. This club just doesn't have an identity at all. Nobody knows what their vision is. And they got the result they deserved. Napoli, on the other hand, kudos to them, man. They really controlled this game very well. The two goals they got were nice. They were unfortunate to concede from an own goal. And from a last-minute stoppage time equalizer, they were unlucky. They could have gotten all three points in this group. But... Yeah, there's a lot to play for in this group, though. Napoli still has a home game against PSG, and then they go away to Liverpool. Liverpool are still going to go away to PSG. And PSG, man, they I don't think they're going to qualify from this group. This was the match that they needed to win, and they fluffed their lines. So good luck to them, man. Barcelona 2, Inter Milan 0. First match without Lionel Messi since he broke his arm against Sevilla. And they were very comfortable in this match. They got the goals from Rafinha and Jordi Alba. And they're definitely in the driving seats in this group. They're definitely going to win the group. Inter, on the other hand, I think this was just a bonus for them. If they won the match or got a draw, it would have just been a bonus. Nobody really expected them to get anything. They've been playing well, but yeah, nobody really expected it. They are still, they still have a good chance of qualifying from the group because Spurs cannot get a win, cannot buy a win in this group. So they were lucky in that regard that Spurs are just not playing as well as they should. And let's actually talk about that match. It was PSV versus Spurs. In all fairness, I would say Spurs were quite unlucky not to get the win. They got an equalizer through um, Davinson Sanchez that was falsely ruled out for offside. They claimed that Harry Kane was involved in the gameplay, was like was in an offside position and trying to interfere with the gameplay when Davidson Sanchez shot that ball, but all the replays showed that Kane was nowhere close. There was nothing Kane could have done that would have stopped that ball from going into the net. He Davidson Sanchez played it to the corner of the opposite side as to where Kane was. So very horrible decision from the ref. But they did get their equalizer eventually through Lucas Mora. And then they were in the lead through Harry Kane. And then Hugo Lloris just decided to do the madness that he has been performing these past few years. The, I can't count the number of games that this guy has lost for his team because he decides to just run out from goal and make a stupid challenge or clear the ball. And then he's just lost. He got a red card this time for rushing out of his goal when there were already two defenders that were on the PSV player that was through on goal. There was no indication that the Spurs players were not going to be able to catch up. I mean, Davidson Sanchez is one of the fastest centre-backs in the world. He he would have caught up to this guy. Loris did not need to come out like that, and he paid for it for that stupid decision. And he really cost his team this time because that's why PSV were able to come out and get the equalizer before that Spurs are very comfortable they dominated that match completely from start to finish and they only have a draw to take home but they've got the 
the the home match of this fixture next time they play but i don't think they have a good chance of qualifying from this group man so we've got borussia dortmund versus atletico madrid 4-0 this i think was a standout result from the whole third round dortmund they look like they're regaining that swagger of the part of that they had on the on the club they're number one in the bundesliga and now they were able to defeat atletico madrid four goals to nil that was an amazing performance by them i mean when was the last time atletico madrid considered four goals without even being able to score one it was crazy man dortmund had a really good match they played very well and i think this group is exciting because the return fixture is going to be in madrid and definitely madrid has a good chance of doing the same thing to dortmund but Dortmund had a really good win man Jaden sancho shout out to him he is really impressive i'm really impressed with him not just because he's playing well but because he did something that very few english players do he decided to try out playing in another league and developing himself there i mean most english players they don't they just don't have the cojones to do that. Look at Jack Wilshere. Jack Wilshere should learn from this guy, man. Jack Wilshere is a perfect player who could have left England and played in another league, but instead he's there in West Ham, barely even able to make the team sheet. And we've got Jaden Sancho here, who is just an absolute talent. And he's tearing it up. He's playing so well, getting assists, getting goals. And I just like the guy a lot, man. I hope he has a good future ahead of him. I hope he's able to really have the mentality to continue to develop himself. And he's just in the perfect system to do that. So shout out to him. Next match, we had Liverpool. They beat Red Star Belgrade four goals to nil. They're number one in their, their group now. They're in the driving seat there. The front three was able to get on the score sheet. All the goals were scored by them. Salah got two, Mane one, Firmino one. Good to see Salah getting back in form with three goals in his last two games. And the front three needs to gel, man, sooner rather than later. If they want that, would they want to have any chance of going far in the Champions League again and really going toe to toe with Man City in the league, that front three needs to get back to the form that they were in last season. They need to do that very soon. So hopefully this match is an indication of that. Real Madrid 2, Victoria Pilsen 1. Finally, Real Madrid are able to get a win after so many matches, after so many straight losses. But it was against Victoria Pilsen and they did not play well in this match. Victoria Pilsen actually had a lot of chances. They could have equalized and the match could have gone either way. And that's just such a shocking thing to say for Real Madrid. It seems like it's also a countdown until Lopetegui gets sacked. He probably should have just stayed in that Spain job, man. But I can see why he actually didn't want to waste any time in announcing the fact that he had signed with Real Madrid. I honestly think it was because he knew that there was a chance that he wouldn't do well with Spain and Real Madrid would not be interested in giving him the job again. And all indications point to that because, man, this guy is clueless as well. He doesn't know what's going on. The players kind of like him, especially the Spanish guys. I know Ramos is still backing him, but... He doesn't know what's going on, man. They didn't sign any guy to replace Ronaldo. I don't know how they thought that was a smart idea. And they're paying for it. They got the win. They're probably going to qualify from the group. But that's just the barest minimum they can do. This guy's definitely going to get sacked any moment from now. And sorry for him.
AEK nil Bayern two. Bayern got a their second straight win. After another string of bad performances for them, nice win for them away from home. They should qualify from the group. I mean, the group is very easy, but they're actually not even top in the group. Ajax is actually number one in the group, but they got the win. Easy, straightforward win for them. And then Shakhtar nil Manchester City three. City just absolutely dominated Shakhtar in this match from start to finish. 3-0 was even flattering. It could have been 5 or 6. And these guys are just in form. And the depth that they have is scary. It's really scary. The players that Manchester City have from top to bottom, they are just stacked with talent. De Bruyne's back. They were able to stay top of the league without De Bruyne. And now he's back. And it's just scary the limits that this team can reach. They're definitely... Um, Champions League contenders. I personally think that Juventus are still favorites over them, but they have a good chance of winning it this year, man. And it's really painful for me to say that, but it's just it's just a fact. They are really good. They're so good, and they got the win. Very well deserved. So that's about it with the Champions League recap. And then over to the Europa League, Chelsea, I'm just going to talk about the Chelsea and Arsenal matches. So Chelsea defeated Bate Borisov 3-1 at Stamford Bridge. Loftus-Cheek got a hat-trick. Very, very good for him. He's also an exciting player who I think he needs to leave Chelsea because there's no chance that he's ever going to crack into the starting eleven. They're just going to keep on loaning him out to other teams or if he stays like this, he only gets to play in Europa League, FA Cup, and that's not good for him. He should go to like a mid-table Premier League team or following the footsteps of Jadon Sancho or go to another league. I don't know if his style is actually going to suit playing in another league, but he should definitely leave Chelsea because I think he's better than just getting benched roles and playing in matches that don't really matter. Then Sporting nil Arsenal 1 through Danny Welbeck goal. Good for Arsenal, 11 straight wins. They are in form. They are really playing well. This guy is doing an excellent job. Unai Emery, man. I really did not see him doing a, a job as good as he has done this quickly. I mean, they still haven't faced any real tough opposition in this good run. But as the saying goes, you can only beat what's put in front of you. And they have beaten everything that's been put in front of them. So I give them a lot of kudos, a lot of um, accolades, I would say. And... Sooner rather than later, we'll really see if this team is a real deal when they come up against really tough opposition. But so far, so good for Arsenal. So I'm going to start with previewing the weekend's games. And this time around, I'm going to start with La Liga because we've got the first Clásico of the season. The first Clásico of the season, but where is the excitement? I don't really feel any excitement leading to this Clásico could it be perhaps that this is going to be the first Clásico without Ronaldo and without Messi as well? The first time since 2007 that we've had both Ronaldo and Messi not playing in, in an El Clásico. That's crazy, man. It's just going to be so odd. It's going to be so weird. But that being said, there are still a lot of storylines leading into this. As I stated earlier, Julian Lopetegui is a dead man walking. Any match could be his last, and he definitely cannot afford to lose or draw this match. He has to win it. And 
I don't see any way he can because Barcelona are not in the best form either. I mean, it's only four points that separate them. So as bad as Real Madrid have been, Barcelona have been almost equally as bad. That's the reason why it's just four points that separate them. But Real Madrid is in sixth position and Barcelona are on top of the table. But they don't have Messi. So if Julian Lopetegui was really looking for an omen from the gods to show that he had a chance of winning this, he, got, he, he could not have asked for a better one. Messi not playing gives him the best chance he could have possibly had to, w- to win this match or to get anything out of it. But that being said, I still don't know that's going to be enough because Real Madrid are just not in form. I mean, Isco just recently came back, and I know Isco is really a pivotal part of this team, especially with Lopetegui. He loves Isco. So that might give them more confidence. But Barcelona are playing at home. Actually, and that, that might actually be better because the last four classicals at the new Camp have actually all ended up in draws or losses for Barcelona. They haven't won any of the last four classicals in, in the new Camp. So maybe Real Madrid do have a better chance of getting something out of this match. But let's see. I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm, I, for one, I'm excited, but I'm just not seeing the same excitement all over the world. This is the biggest club game in football history till today. So there should be a lot more excitement building up to this. Well, let's see how it goes. Should be a lot of fun. Barcelona are without Messi. And they've also not been playing this guy, Usman Dembele. And I hear that it's because of his lifestyle that he's he has issues off the pitch. Maybe he doesn't really have the discipline. But for a guy who they spent over £100 million for, I think it's very disappointing that he's not getting into this starting eleven. It seems like Valverde has gotten his um, preferred starting eleven, And even without Messi, he didn't play Dembele. So that's really sad for him. But Valverde as well, I think he's he also actually is under a lot of pressure. Even if they win the Premier League, he's... Oh, the Premier League. Even if they win La Liga, he is definitely under pressure to deliver a Champions League or to really go far. And I don't really see him being the man. He is... He plays... His tactics are more like that of a coach that doesn't have the best players in the world at his disposal but he does have the best players and i don't think he knows how to use them he is not one to set up a really exciting style of play so i can really see this being his last season but let's see how they play in this match though so should be fun a classicals back and then we've got Atletico Madrid versus Real Sociedad. Atletico Madrid, they need to bounce back after that heavy mauling at the hands of Borussia Dortmund. And they have a good chance because they're at home to beat Real Sociedad. And they have another excellent chance to put pressure on both Barca and Madrid because one of them is going to drop points and they are title contenders this season. So they have a good chance. They have to win this to continue to help themselves so that they can actually have a good shot of winning the league. Sevilla versus Huesca. Sevilla, they lost to Barcelona last week, but they actually played very well. I think if not for Ter Stegen, they could have actually gotten something out of this match. They played very, very well, forced him to make a lot of saves. And I think they are actually genuine title contenders this time. The likes of Eva Benega, Wissam Ben Yedder and Andre Silva, they are playing gorgeous football. 
they're playing out of their minds this season and they have a good chance of going very very far this season in the league la liga is actually going to be the most exciting title race in europe this season and that's just a shocking thing to say but it's true la liga is actually where all the action is this season so i i indulge everybody to really follow la liga closely this time around it's going to be a lot of fun look at alaves alaves are in the top four like isn't that crazy they're playing against Villarreal, and espanol is actually second at the table after they had a draw against real valladolid yesterday so it's crazy man la liga a lot of action going on a lot of fun it seems like there's a proper title race now so we've got the premier league preview the standout match from the Premier League is going to be Spurs hosting Manchester City. That's going to be a Monday fixture. Spurs are still playing in Wembley. In the past, I would have said they had a really good chance. Well, I'm actually, no, no. They have, they have a good chance of getting something out of this. They've started the season with their highest points tally that they've ever had after nine games in a season. So this has actually been their best start in history. The performances on the pitch, to be honest, have not really reflected the results that they've been getting. But if they really want to stake their claim as being title contenders and they really want to also make sure that there's a proper title race in England this time around, they will do not just themselves a favor, but they will do Liverpool a favor, they will do Chelsea a favor, they will do Arsenal a favor if they can beat Manchester City. It's not going to be easy for them. They've actually been walloped by Man City the past two years. And I don't know if it's going to be any different. I don't think playing in Wembley really suits them that well, honestly, against teams that play possession-style football. I mean, look at how they got destroyed by Barcelona because Wembley is a huge pitch. It gives so much space to give all the passes that Manchester City would love to give. And... I don't really see them getting anything out of this, but they are at home. They should be up for this, and hopefully they'll get something out. Ericsson has returned, so that's a huge plus for them. I believe Dele Ali is still out, but they should be able to give City a good match, and hopefully they do. I'm really looking forward to this match. We've got Manchester United versus Everton. United need a win desperately, they had a decent match against Chelsea last week. They were very, very unlucky to concede in the 95th minute. But all in all, I would say it was actually a fair result. Both teams deserved the draw. And United, let's see if they can, if they have any momentum to build upon. I, don't, I doubt they do because they followed up the Chelsea match with a loss against Juventus. A very uninspiring loss. And we have a dead man walking in Mourinho. And Everton, on the other hand, have actually been in very good form. I think they've won their last three straight matches. They're playing well. I, um, the coach, Silva, Marco Silva, he is doing a good job with them, I think. And they have a good chance of getting something out of this match, man. I mean, United have just not been good at home this season. So they have a good shot of getting something out of it. We've got Liverpool versus Cardiff. Liverpool should be able to get this win and they should really see this as an opportunity to go back to the top of the table because City has a good chance of dropping points. So looking forward to that one, they should be able to destroy Cardiff who 
just look like they're on their way to relegation. I mean, they got a good win last week against Fulham, but I don't think that's going to be enough. I think they're still definitely going to get relegated. So I don't think they have any chance of getting anything out of this match. And it's in Anfield as well. So Liverpool should get a very comfortable win. We're talking three, four, five goals. Burnley versus Chelsea. Eden Hazard is actually a huge doubt for this match. I haven't really checked the updates lately, but I know I saw like two days ago that there was a chance he wouldn't play the match. I think he will, but there's a good chance he won't. And without him, it's going to be interesting to see how Chelsea plays without him because he has been the one creating all the goals and scoring all the goals for them. So let's see if they can cope without him and really see if they're actually title contenders. Then we've got Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. That's a very interesting match. It's a London derby. Crystal Palace should be really up for this. They have had a topsy-turvy season so far. They had a loss. They lost against Everton last week. But I think they'll really be looking forward to this match. And it's going to be a nice match for Arsenal as well. Let's see if they're going to continue the winning streak and extend it to 12 matches in a row. That would be really great for them. If they can actually get this win, they will firmly be in the title race as well. So big opportunity for Arsenal to go further up the table. Let's see how that goes. Then we've got the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund are at home against Hertha Berlin. Dortmund have a really good shot of winning the league this season, and I really hope they do. I really hope they're actually the real deal. I hope that this is just not a not fluke results that they're getting. I hope that their defense is going to get better and better. I think they've kept two clean sheets in a row. They've scored eight goals without reply in the last two matches, including the defeat of Atletico Madrid. So I hope they can continue that. We've got Mainz versus Bayern. Bayern seem to be regaining form slowly. Let's see if they can get another win against Mainz away from home. We've got Werder Bremen versus Bayer Leverkusen. Werder Bremen are third in the table. They also seem that like they have a very hopeful season, that, they, that there's, there's a good chance that they can get something good out of this season. But let's see if they're able to. And then we've got the... Oh yeah, and then Borussia Mönchengladbach, they had a win, and they're second in the, in the table. Then Ligue 1 fixtures is, is Le Classique, which is Marseille at home to PSG. That should be an interesting match. But PSG, as we all know, they're probably going to just come and dominate as they always do. But they can't do shit in the Champions League. But they just like walk all over everybody in, in Ligue 1. Let's see if they do the same. They've won all of their opening matches. So it's a ridiculous lead that they already have. And it's just not going to change. And Serie A. We've got Empoli at home against Juventus. Let's see if Juventus can build upon their early season form. They had a draw last week, but let's see if they can bounce back and get a win. If if not, Napoli have actually have a good chance to gain back some some of the lead that Juventus have over them. But they have a tough match as well because they're playing against Roma at home. That should be a very interesting match. Roma also got a good win in the Champions League, beating. I forget who, but they won 3-0. I think, yeah, they beat um, CSKA 3-0. Edin Dzeko got two goals and an assist. Very good for him. And that should be a fun match. Napoli versus Roma. And then we've also got Lazio versus Inter Milan. That should also be an interesting match. Lazio's at home. 
Inter Milan are having some decent form in the Serie A. They're still in the top four. They got the win against AC Milan in the Milan derby last week. So let's see how, how that goes. So that's about it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the matches. I'm definitely going to be looking forward to them. And I will talk to you guys next week. So thank you for listening. You can catch me on Instagram at dballats, D-B-A-L-A-T. And on Twitter at dkballats, that's at D-K-B-A-L-A-T. So guys, take care. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.